Hey everyone, it's Lacey Skulls from VH1's Rock of Love. And this is Talk of Love, the new podcast. This isn't just reality, this is real life. What's up everybody? It's Lacey motherfucking Skulls. And this is episode 23 of Talk of Love. I am excited for today's episode because I'm having Christy Joe from... Rock of Love Season 2 and Charm School of Sharon Osborne. She will be on here in a few minutes, and I just really love her. She's such an awesome person, so I'm excited that she's going to be joining me on the podcast today. So I have a pretty funny story that I want to share with you guys that I was just thinking about the other day. I was thinking about Christy Joe's season of Rock of Love Season 2, and it made me think of this story, which I want to share with you guys. So when I... I had just moved to Los Angeles from Dallas, Texas. Dallas is where I grew up. And I moved to Los Angeles in 2004. And when I, yeah, the very end of 2004. And then we filmed Rock of Love in 2007. So um, around 2005 was really when I was starting to make friends and meet people um, in Los Angeles. I really didn't know very many people when I first moved there. And um, also, the other thing that I was dealing with was not only was I in a new city with not a lot of friends, but like my mom had just died and it really just like pulled the rug out from under me and it was really, really devastating. And I just went into a really dark place, a very deep, dark depression. And I basically just laid on my couch for like several months and, and just felt sorry for myself and mourned um, her death. And I got to a point where I was like, all right, I got to like, get my shit together, you know, and, and like, you know, try to be a human being again. And one of the things, if you guys get to know me, my whole thing about having like a, a full life is by having lots of different kinds of experiences. So if I have like any bit of money, I'm not necessarily going to buy something. I don't need to have something to hold in my hands, but I would rather spend that money on some sort of wild, crazy experience. So I think that I had been watching Shark Week on Animal Planet or something like that. For some reason, I had sharks on my brain. And I know that sounds really weird, but um, I had seen or heard about this company that was based out of California and would take paying customers down to Mexico on a boat and go out to the Guadalupe Islands to go shark diving. So I was like, that sounds fucking amazing. And so I, I sought out this company and I had a little bit of money saved up and I was like, I'm gonna do this like shark diving thing. I was really excited about it. So I, I booked um, my trip and it was in the summertime, I think of 2005, 2006, somewhere in there. And um, I booked the trip and uh, I didn't know, I, I didn't really know anybody and I didn't have anybody to go with. So I was just like, fuck it, I'll just go by myself and I'll make friends while I'm there. So after I booked the trip, uh, a guy called me, I'm not gonna tell you who yet. A guy called me and he told me that um, he was a photographer and he basically goes on every single one of these shark trips. So he kind of like organizes the whole group. And I was like, okay, that's cool. And I, and I Googled who he is and I'm like, oh, he's like a, he's a rock and roll guy. He's like a, a photographer, a videographer, and he's done like some really cool shit. So uh, he did like videos for Marilyn Manson and for Ozzy Osbourne and Tool and photography for all these bands as well. And he's just like a really, really cool guy that just knows everybody. I'm like, and so the reason he was on this trip is because he also photographed great white sharks and sells the the photographs and he's really talented so so he was going to be on the trip so he was just letting me know and introducing himself and I'm like that's fucking cool okay and he's like yeah everybody that goes on these trips is really cool it's all like rock and roll people and I'm like really I thought it was all just going to be like nerds and me you know <laughs> well I'm a nerd as well but uh but yeah so then a couple of days before the trip we had to drive down to San Diego from Los Angeles and get uh, on a bus and then go down to do the shark diving trip in Mexico. And so he called me up and he was like, hey, I have a, a buddy that needs a ride to San Diego. Will you give him a ride? I'm like, sure, no problem. Who's your buddy? And he goes, oh, Danny Loner. Danny Loner is, or was, the bass player of my all-time favorite band, Nine Inch Nails. And my favorite Nine Inch Nails album is The Downward Spiral. And Danny Loner played bass on that album and toured with Nine Inch Nails for years. So he was like, 
you know, a, a base God to me. And so he told me that I was gonna be driving Danny Loner down. I was like, holy shit, that is amazing. So, <laughs> and also Danny Loner is like a bit of a weird guy. He's really nice and really cool, but he's just like a weird, you know, musician introvert type. So I pick him up and he gets in the car and I'm just like freaking out that I'm driving Danny Loner. And so in my head, I was like, you know, giving myself little rules. I was super starstruck. I'm like, well, don't ask him too much about, about Trent Reznor, don't ask him too much about Nine Inch Nails because he probably gets those questions all the time, you know? And so I was like, I'm just not gonna ask him about that. So he gets in the car and literally within five minutes, he's like, you know, I introduce myself and he's like, so tell me everything about Rock of Love. <laughs> I was like, you watched Rock of Love? And he was like, hell yeah, that show was amazing. You girls were crazy. <laughs> I was like, yeah, we were. And so I spent the whole drive from Los Angeles to San Diego telling Danny Loner from Nine Inch Nails all about Rock of Love. It was such a trip. It was so wild. And it ended up being a really amazing, um, a really amazing, like unforgettable trip swimming in the cage with these great white sharks off the coast of Mexico. It was amazing. So the reason I'm telling you this story is because fast forward to 2008, I believe is the year that Rock of Love season two was airing. And so I'm watching Rock of Love two just from a fan perspective and uh, and out on one of the episodes, out comes a guy named Dean Carr. Dean Carr was on the show and he was doing the challenge where the girls had to do videos. And Dean Carr was the guy who organized that whole Great White Shark trip and who asked me to drive Danny Loner from Los Angeles down to San Diego. So I was like, holy shit, Dean Carr, what are you doing on my TV right now? And Brett introduced him as being a really great photographer and videographer and he judged that challenge. And I just thought that was really, really, really cool because I was not expecting to see this guy on my TV set on Rock of Love. So it's just so wild to me how, you know, small the world can be sometimes and how different universes overlap with each other. It's just so wild. So that was a trip for me. That was pretty, pretty cool. So anyway, um, so speaking of Rock of Love season two, I am really excited for my next guest. She's so awesome. She's such a rad person. And I know you're going to be excited to hear from her. So please welcome Christy Joe. Christy Joe, what's up, girl? So nice to see you. It's so good to see you too. It's been yeah. forever. It's like been, 10 years. It's been forever. You look great. Thank you. Since you, as usual. Oh, thank you, darling. Yeah, it's, um, God, it's been, I'm trying to remember the last time I saw you. I think the last time we saw each other was, it was either Rhode Island or it was Las Vegas. It was one of those, you know, um, they paid gigs where we go and like host a party or whatever. The Tattoo Convention. The Tattoo Convention, yes, yes. In Rhode Island, I think Brett Michaels Band was was performing and uh, a bunch of other bands. It was really fun, though. There was a lot of people there that day. That was insane. Big John was there. And um, who do we, who else? I think Destiny was with us and uh, Jessica. Jessica. Yeah, yeah, it was really fun. But anyway, how have you been? What, are you, what have you been up to since... The shows, are you keeping busy with um, with career stuff? Are you still involved in television? Are you with a, with anybody? Do you have a significant other? Do you have kids? Let's talk about what you've been up to since the shows. <laughs> Where do I start? <laughs> um, well, I do have four children, so they keep me super busy. I work oh. full time. I'm fostering six cats right now. <laughs> oh my God, that's awesome. You know, I'm all about the animal stuff. Yes, my girlfriends are calling me the crazy cat lady. And they're like, you better start getting <laughs> That's awesome. So, so for kids, um, wow, how old are they? So my oldest is 17. Well, he'll be 17 in August. Oh, the wow. twins just turned 11, and then the baby turned 7. They're both oh. August babies, too. Wow, you're a busy lady. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So what have you been doing career-wise since the shows? Um, so actually, before the show, I was always in lending. I don't know if you knew that about me. I was a portfolio underwriter and I was always in mortgages. And then as that kind of like took a tank, okay. I went out and I went into modeling and then now I'm in um, technology. That's really cool. Yeah. You were saying that you work for sure. GoDaddy, right? Yes. That's cool though, because that just shows that you are a really well-rounded person. I mean, anybody who can do, who is pretty and can do tech, <laughs> that's like, that's unheard of. <laughs> I'm kind of nerdy. I've always been a nerd, but I hide it well. That's pretty good. I gotta say, I'm I'm like I'm lucky if I can set up like this the stereo system at home. So <laughs> it's impressive. So 
Well, so let's um, let's dive into everything Rock of Love, Charm School related because there is a lot to unpack. And, you know, obviously you did a different season of Rock of Love than I did, but I felt like you and I got to know each other pretty well on Charm School, which was cool. And um, yeah, but let's start with um, how did you end up getting into Rock of Love? Like, were you doing television stuff before that? Or was it, did it just happen kind of randomly? How did you get into that? So I was actually on a Playboy TV shoot. I was filming something like girls doing stuff. I don't know. I think we were working on cars or something. Yeah. (laughs) Something stupid. And and, uh, my producer was like, hey, I'm filming across the way. Why don't you do a screen test? And I was like, what is it for? He's like, oh, some rock star. He's doing a love show. I'm like, oh, that's stupid. I'm like, well, I just split up with my ex. So let's do it. (laughs) So I walked like across the way and they hand me all this paperwork. I'm like, why are, they, why are they asking such personal stuff? Like, why do you want to know? It's in your business. <laughs> so I'm like, all right, I'll fill it out. And then um, we do the screen test. And I didn't hear back for a couple of months. Then all of a sudden I get this random call and they're like, hey, you were picked. Here's your contract. Oh, wow. Remember that long 100-page contract? We had oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, basically, you were signing away. Here's like, your rights. Yeah. <laughs> our, your your left, left kidney, your firstborn son, <laughs> all goes to them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, let's talk about the whole Playboy thing, because that is something that, you know, it's funny because I know that Taya from, um, from season th- three, right? Yeah. I think she was involved yes. in Penthouse, and she, like, very much— let it be known. And you were not as as vocal about that. I, I feel like Actually, you're just- I, used, I knew Taya before she did the show. Um, we shot with Play. She started in Playboy first, and then she went over to Penthouse. Oh. Penthouse offered me a contract, too, and that was a little too much for me. It was a little. I was like, Playboy is as far as I go. It's still classy. It's still. That makes sense. But I will tell you, I. Unless I was living under a rock, unless I was living under a rock of love, <laughs> I, I, I sorry, I had to. Didn't um, I actually didn't know that you were involved in in Playboy, and I think that you're just like a little bit more humble about it than other people. You know, you you weren't like blasting it every chance you got, which I think is cool. But I also think it's cool that you were involved in Playboy to begin with. You know, I think that's really cool. How did that all? happen how did was that something you set out to be a part of or did they reach out to you or how did that happen um one of my girlfriends was trying out and I was being supportive and I actually got picked and she didn't so that was super awkward (laughs) um wow how was she about that I know she was cool I mean I brought her back to like do playboy golf with me and some other events so she got to experience it and there's my cat I have to let my cat (laughs) you're (laughs) kidding (laughs) (laughs) Okay, he's the boss. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's okay. I'm surrounded by boys. Um, no, so I got pitched in, and then um, you know, in modeling, the women are really um, ruthless and they're kind of vicious. I've heard and in it Playboy, is. it's like a sisterhood because it's like, oh, you've already made it, and so everybody was super nice, and they're like family. So I didn't really see anything wrong with it until I went back into the corporate world. And everybody saw me naked. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, this is awkward. Well, you just gotta go. Oh, fuck it, you know. Did did you have a hard time going into the corporate world with that being your background, or were people pretty open minded with you about it? Um, I feel like there's always been like two parts to me. Like I've always, I'm very analytical and left brain, and then I'm also creative. So I feel like I've had this like battle between the two, and it's hard to transition sometimes from one to the other. But in let answer that. People don't take you seriously. They think you're a bimbo or you're an idiot. And t- so you're constantly having to prove yourself. That, that was going to be, yeah, that was going to be my guess. And also given the fact that you are pretty and I would imagine that just, I mean, it's totally shitty, but just that alone of you being pretty is going to make people doubt you if it's a, you know, um, analytical kind of company or, or, something like that. So that the fact that you're pretty plus, you know, this this pass of doing, this, you know, sexy modeling shoots and stuff like that. Um it's it's impressive that you were able to get past that and and you were able to prove yourself. I, I mean I've always just let my numbers like speak for themselves or my work and that's what I've always done. And I just kind of keep my mouth quiet and let people talk and then I just prove myself and that's awesome. <laughs> that's really cool. Did you grow up in Los Angeles? 
I grew up in Newport Beach, okay. um, born and raised Southern California, and had two, well, three of my kids there, and then I moved out to Arizona. Okay. Did you always know that you wanted to do modeling or television or something in entertainment? Um, I, I've been approached since I was like 15 and I did Bumble and Bumble. I did a commercial for them and oh, I was cool. just random modeling since I was little. That's but awesome. I don't really take it seriously. I, I'm like, oh, I, I did the shoot. That's cool. <laughs> and I move on. <laughs> okay. So you just look at it as like, I just pays the bills, whatever. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So then how did you get into like, um, tech company stuff? Um, so my ex-husband and I owned a brokerage together and I used to run all of our websites, our CRM, and I do web crawling and I created all of our landing pages for marketing and um, like Google Analytics and Google Ads. And so when my girlfriend was over at GoDaddy, she was like, hey, come over, you'll like it. And I'm like, all right, I have experience and you're working way less hours because I was doing 14 hours in uh, the lending industry. So I took the job. Wow. I went- I had to learn tech talk, which is really weird. I know what I'm doing, but I don't know the language. <laughs> you know, I got to say, I have been really impressed with the majority of, if not all of the guests I've had on Talk of Love. I'm really impressed with how well-rounded everybody has been because I think a lot of viewers who are fans of Rock of Love or, or Flavor of Love or any of these of Love shows, they kind of look at the the cast of characters as these sort of one-dimensional characters and forget that they like exist outside of that, basically, you know? But what's cool is not only has have people done these shows um, and they've done other things within entertainment, but a lot of them have like really cool, interesting careers that have nothing to do with that. A lot of them are really educated. Like Sam was on here a couple of months ago. She has like an incredible, impressive level of education. Uh, so it's just, it's interesting to me. And, and I feel like you fall into that category as well. Yeah, I went to Harvard Extension after um, term school. Remember, I was like, I want to win so that I can pay for my school. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted to go back. Um, I hadn't finished my degree or anything. And actually, Wells Fargo, Chase, Bank of America, they helped pay for my schooling. And wow. a lot of like the finance. And so that's how I did Harvard Extension. Damn, so I have a few brain cells up there. That's awesome. That is really impressive. That's so cool. I love that. So... Once you got invited to do Rock of Love, um, did you know it was going to be Brett Michaels? Because I felt like some of the girls knew, but other ones did not know. Um, I thought it was going to be Tommy Lee. Because <laughs> 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 we like, were guessing, I'm like, well, does he have a disease? <laughs> like, am I going to get Does he have a disease? <laughs> I'm, I know I'm a germaphobe anyway, so with everything that's going on with COVID, I'm like, yes, this is like, this is my time to shine. Oh my God, you're a germaphobe and you went on Rock of Love? <laughs> Did you see the segment? I like made him wipe his mouth down and I was like, do you have my <laughs> that's amazing I remember that that's so funny so um, Tommy Lee would have been really fun on Rock of Love he would have been a character that would be awkward with Pamela you know, yeah <laughs> yeah have you ever met Tommy Lee no I, I've hung out with Pamela and Carmen Lester a few times I actually met Tommy Lee a couple of times and he's really really nice um yeah, he's really tall. He's 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 really wild, but he's actually really nice. Can I tell you my Tommy Lee story really quick? Yes. Okay, so this was actually a Brandy C connection. So okay. Brandy C was hanging out with some people that were, they were friends with Tommy Lee. And so um, they, I guess Tommy Lee was having like a Super Bowl party. I mean, this was a long time ago. This was like eight years ago. Tommy Lee was having a Super Bowl party. He invited me and Brandy C and, and, through Brandy C's mutual friends. Um, at the last minute, Brandy C said she couldn't go, but she was like, but Lacey, you're still invited. You should go. And he only lived like maybe 20 minutes away from me in Los Angeles. So I was like, I don't know anybody. And she's like, you'll be, you'll be fine. You'll be fine. Just go. And I was like, all right. So I go to this Super Bowl party and I thought there was going to be like, you know, 50 people there, 100 people there. There was literally eight people there and it was like all dudes and me. <laughs> and I'm like, uh, that's, that's weird. Awful. 
it was really, I was, and I'm not even like a sports person. So, um, so I was like, I'm looking forward to the halftime performance. But I got to say, everybody there was super, super cool, super, super respectful, very friendly and like warm. And at one point, um, Tommy Lee was like making everybody, this is so surreal. Tommy Lee was making everybody dinner. And so we go into the kitchen and he had like served some sort of meat dish. And I was like, I was like, oh my God, I'm so, I was like, I'm so sorry. I don't eat meat. Like I have to say no to Tommy Lee. And he was like, oh my bad, my bad. And so he like goes and opens up his cupboard. He was like digging through. He's like, I have soup. This is vegetarian soup. Would you like the soup? Uh, I've got this. This is vegetarian. Would you like this? And he was just Pam is, Pam is a vegetarian. <laughs> I know. Well, yeah. And then afterwards he made us all hot fudge sundaes. And I was like, Tommy Aww. Lee made me a hot fudge sundae. Amazing. Love it that. Was cool. It was really cool. So that's my Tommy Lee story. <laughs> I was obsessed with how Pamela and Tommy were so in love with each other. You can't really top that. So I'm glad it was him. I agree. I agree. And and Pamela, I have respect for because, I mean, she everybody says she's like the nicest person in the world. And of course, she's an animal rights activist as well. So I respect yeah, her for that. Safe, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So what did you think of when you found out it was, uh, hi, Kitty. <laughs> We're going to be interviewing Christy Joe's cat now. <laughs> so, Sorry for the crazy cat show. <laughs> there you go. I like it. So what did you think of, uh, <laughs> wow. Hold on, <laughs> this is my favorite <laughs> interview so far. <laughs> we've got Christy Joe. We've got Christy Joe's cat. Even stop, seriously. We've got Christy Joe's pussy. <laughs> I knew it wouldn't take very many episodes. You always have to protect the pussies. <laughs> <laughs> Christy Joe, get your pussy out of the camera. What's so great is there's there's people who are actually listening to the podcast that that like on Spotify that don't have the the video. They only have the audio. So I'm saying like, Chrissy, Joe, put your pussy away. And they have no idea what I'm talking about. I love it. <laughs> Pussy's a mess. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Chrissy, Joe, you have a really hairy pussy. <laughs> no, not really. It's fine. <laughs> anyway, All right. Well, Chrissy, Joe, put your pussy myself. away. <laughs> <laughs> this, this podcast is already going downhill so fast yes yes <laughs> we just offended we said no slut shaming <laughs> i know no no slut shaming here uh we are proud sluts on talk of love so <laughs> okay I'm actually Michael. not is that's the sad part is people have this conception like oh you did playboy you must be like really wild i'm like no i'm kind of boring <laughs> You know, it's interesting that 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 happens a lot. I mean, it's a lot of girls who who um, either pose in risque magazines or you know, girls I've known who are strippers. They like end up being the most sort of reserved people that they're. And I never did any of that, but I was like out banging everybody when I was single. So, <laughs> but I'm married. No, I'm, I'm a relationship person. Like I love being in a relationship. I'm like I'm. I mean, I'll be a slut to the guy in West, but yeah, <laughs> I'm not there a you go. <laughs> That's a good girlfriend. <laughs> How do you think I ended up getting married? How do you think I landed a guy? It wasn't because he saw my wonderful personality on Rock of Love. <laughs> That's why I had so many restraining orders. <laughs> all right, we got a lot to unpack with all of that. Let's start with Brett Michaels. Okay. Oh. So what did you what were your thoughts about Brett Michaels? Were you a poison fan when you first joined the show? So I have this thing, and this is not a made-up thing. I forget names, people's okay. names almost immediately, and dates. It's like a total mind block. <laughs> and they're like, oh, Poison. I'm like, who? What? So I'm like, good point. But like, every rose has a sword. I'm like, oh, amazing. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> I don't watch TV. I read. I'm, I'm a total dork. Yeah. So, I didn't know. So, but you knew who he was once you saw him, and you obviously knew the song. Yes. Okay. And, you know, he's such, he is such a nice guy. And um, come to find out, we were actually neighbors. Oh, and really? so Destiny, myself, and Christy all kind of have a similar look. Yeah, that's so it was, true. So it was really awkward because he actually lived right. I looked at his house. I was actually going to purchase that property that was behind him. And so I'm describing his house. He's like, have you been to my house? I'm like, no, I like looked at your property before. Oh, that's so crazy. So my house was around the corner. And every time I go to someone, they're like, Christy, I'm like, wrong, Christy. Oh, that's really crazy. Is this in Arizona? 
Yes. His, his house was like, my house is right here and his house was like around the corner. And where I worked at U.S. Bank, he would drive down like almost every day. Oh, that's crazy. What a small world. <laughs> yes. Oh, that's very. really wild. So when you were on Rock of Love, there was, I felt like there was a lot of drama on your season. And I mean, there was drama on my season, but it was like kind of a different kind of drama. I felt like there was a lot of emotions and emotions running high on, on your season. And, um, <laughs> and so one of the, I would say a, a lot of the issue, there was a lot of issues between you and Daisy and then Destiny was involved in that too. And um, can you kind of break that down for everybody? Sure. So Brett, in his you know genius mind, decided to tell everybody that he was attracted to me and that he liked me in front of everybody. So from that day forward, everybody hated me. So nobody gave me a chance. And then um, on the board, I, I thought it was really weird. So my picture was like at the top, and then you know how we got like all of the the backstage passes? They were all lined up. Mine was at the top. And I'm like, what does that even mean? Am I being picked? What the hell? Yeah. <laughs> what is this crap? Um, so yeah, I, I just felt like, and a lot of the girls were super crazy at the time when they were all in their twenties and I'm, I'm not judging, but it was a lot for me. I'm sure. And, I mean, I wasn't used to girls being so catty. So being around that nonstop and then the hours, cause they would keep us up to like three, four o'clock in the morning. And then a new crew would come in at like seven in the morning and we're just exhausted and tired and we just wanted to sleep and stop drinking. <laughs> So it was just a, a big, like, emotional roller coaster. It's funny because everybody that I interview, and, and including my own personal experience, that is always the common theme of, like, how exhausted they made us. And I feel like, I mean, obviously, there were so many things done on purpose to get the most out of us from an emotional standpoint. I mean, obviously, having no email and no radio and no magazines and no books and no phone calls and no music and all of that, it's it's crazy to have all of that taken away. And then on top of that, you're up till four o'clock in the morning and then you're up at eight in the morning and you get four hours of sleep every day. And then, um, you know, you're, you're sleep deprived, but then there's so much alcohol and you're bored. So then you drink and it's just like, it was like the- There's no music. There was no music. That was crazy for me too. Yeah. And not- There's another thing that, yeah, there's no TV, there's no music, there's no entertainment. We were each other's entertainment. And then when Brett would leave, we're like, what the fuck are we going to (laughs) do? Yeah. Yeah. Like, I guess we'll do shots. (laughs) Exactly. We're just- Total recipe for disaster. Yeah, yeah, or a recipe for an amazing television show. <laughs> One or the other or both. But um, did you feel like you had genuine feelings for Brett at any point? What were your feelings towards him? You know, I think he's a really great guy. I didn't know that he had a real relationship. So for me, that was kind of like, ew, gross. <laughs> Why are you how, doing this? It's funny how that's a I mean, But I know it's like a rock star life. Like some people have open relationships, so I shouldn't judge. But for me personally, that wasn't my lifestyle. So for other women, if they're okay with it, then like, you know, more power to you. But for me, I'm I'm a one woman, one man kind of girl. So. Yeah, it's, um, I've <laughs> never... Yeah, I've never done the open relationship thing either. That sounds like, that sounds terrible to me, actually. But, um, but yeah. Or like a person with someone you love, can you imagine that'd be awful? <laughs> yeah, that sounds like not fun. Her hair and her off. <laughs> yeah, my husband's like side bitch would be in the pool bitch. constantly. <laughs> it would not be good. <laughs> I'd be like, have you seen Rock of Love? I'll do that to you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, um, so yeah, it's it's hard with all that drama constantly around you. And then, you know, from from my perspective as being a viewer of your season, it did seem like certain people were definitely forming real feelings for him. Like it seemed like Daisy was really, you know, forming feelings for him. Um, Amber. Um, so yeah, Amber. that was a lot. What was that? Amber. Amber. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She, I feel like she really did genuinely fall for him and it was hard to kind of tell her like hey this is the reality like it was a show (laughs) yeah 
I think that was the case for several of the girls. Um, it was it was a pretty the whole thing was kind of a big mind fuck, and especially for the girls that were really into him, it was crazy. But um, so. Are you? And he is, no, I don't want to talk to him. He is very charming. And when you get to know him, he's sweet and he's down to earth and he can sing. Like he has all of the good qualities. So it's easy to get attached to him, even just like just as a human. So I can understand how people would fall for him. But long term and what it really was, like the reality versus the show, there's two different worlds. Yeah, absolutely. And I agree with you. I am a really, really big fan of Brett Michaels, um, not just the entertainer, but the person. And it's funny because after all of these years, throughout all of these years, so many people have tried so hard to get me to talk shit about him. And um, and I really, like, even if I wanted to, which I don't know why I would, but even if I wanted to, I really have nothing bad to say. I felt like all, like, the mind fuckery that happened was on the end of the producers. They were the ones that did that, you know? And he was just going along with, like, making a really fun, wild, sexy show, you know, as far as I'm concerned. So, did yeah. you feel like the producers... You know, he has a good heart, and he yeah. does a lot of things in the community and for other people. Like, he's, he's just a genuinely good dude. Would I date him? No. <laughs> but... Do I like him as a person? Yes. I think he's a good human. Yeah, I would agree with that, for sure. So, um, I was going to ask you... Um, Oh, did you feel like the producers fucked with you personally very much? Like, did, how did you feel you came across? How did you feel you were portrayed? Was anything edited differently than how it really was? What are your thoughts on, on all of that as far as the producers go? Am I allowed to be honest? Oh, now yeah. that it's over? Hang on, let me ask. Is Where's there that? a clause? Is there like a 10-year clause where they can like come you? Oh, fuck them. Fun, fuck <laughs> that. No, no, it's, it's, we're good. You're totally good. So I tried to leave on many occasions. So when you see me crying, I wanted to leave. I was so over it. I'm like, get me the fuck out of this place. So like, no, if you leave, we can sue you up to a million dollars. And I had property. I had my business. And I'm like, fuck this. Like, oh, wow. really? I'm like, are nuts. I want to get the fuck out of here. I'm tired. I hate everybody. The lights are bright. <laughs> Let me go home. So there's literally the cameras and I started like screaming at them and I look crazy. I'm like, I want to fucking leave. I hate you. I'm like, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. <laughs> because, you know, we're in Hollywood Hills and like you're trapped on the set and you feel like a caged animal. <laughs> It's weird not getting to ever leave. You know, people are like, oh my God, you lived in this big, beautiful mansion. I'm like, no, you can never leave. (laughs) I went home and I know it sounds weird, but because you're used to the lights and camera being around and looking for mics. I literally went home and I was like, is there a camera on? Is there mics? Like you go home paranoid. (laughs) Other people have said that. You're not the first person who have said that. That's so crazy. And also it's interesting that they actually threatened you because Sam from my season tried to go home on multiple occasions too and she was kind of having a, a meltdown and a freak out and she tried to leave and they sort of like just gently like talked her into staying and um but with you they like like point blank threatened you with like losses. yes yes damn literally and i'm like because <laughs> you're so tired you're so exhausted and you're just like i hate you i hate your face i hate you i hate you i hate you oh wow that's, but i love you brett you're that's crazy Wow. So, um, how far did you make it again? You made it to like the final five. Is that right? It was, it was before the exes came. Okay. And my ex is like big. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, um, I'm going to go home. Like just send me home. Trust me. And, um, on our season, I don't know if you know, um, I think one of the girls was shot was from Arizona who was going to come on the show. She was shot? Yeah. Like one of the possible contestants? Yes. No, I did not. No, that's insane. I've never heard that. What happened? Um, So yeah, it was was a really big thing in Arizona and um, she was supposed to come on the show and I don't know if he was like a cop or something. It was was something really twisted and weird and I I was like, my ex is crazy. Like he'll, he'll go like postal and they're like, nope, send her home because that had just happened in Arizona. One of the contestants who was supposed to come on, he oh. shot it. Oh my God. And so who was it that shot the contestant? You said it was, did you it say was it was her husband? Holy shit. So you're like, you're like, oh watch my out, God. my man might shoot everybody here if you don't let Chrissy Joe go like that. 
crazy. I'm crazy. Let me go. <laughs> I should have just played the crazy card like the whole time. That's amazing. Wow. That's a, that's a good negotiation tactic. Yes. Yeah, I was like, Hey, let her go. And like we kept in contact afterwards and then like he called me and I was like, you know, I think you're a nice guy, but you know, in a relationship, it's not going to work. Right. Yeah. That makes it difficult to have a relationship when they're already in another relationship. Wow. That's so wild. So tell us about the whole, I know like the, the topic of restraining order with one of your exes came up and I know Brett was a little bit concerned about that. What was, what was the whole story behind that? Um, so my ex-husband and I, we should have never been married, but we had a kid together. And my dad was like, if you don't get married, you're going to have a bastard child. <laughs> get married. Okay. And it was just, he was bipolar and an alcoholic. And um, you just can't fix that. It's hard so, to fix. Yeah. Um, I, I tried to make it work for many years. I took care of our son. Like, I was the breadwinner of our house. And it just didn't work. And when we did the divorce, he came back. He kept coming back. And I had to get a restraining order. Oh. See so well. that's like the highs and lows of bipolar. So I I hear I hear your pussy again. Your pussy is purring, Chrissy Joe. <laughs> <laughs> My audio guy's gonna be like, damn it. <laughs> All the men. <laughs> so um so was this the one that came onto the show? No. So I've, I've been married twice. Okay. Um, after my first husband, I met my second husband for, um, at work. And we were together on and off for almost 15 years. Oh, wow. Portion of my life. Um, he's an amazing man. Good person. Like my family. Um, it just sometimes it, it dies off and doesn't work out. So he, however, has a big temper and he's a big dude. <laughs> and I was like, nope, let's not have him come on at all. Because wow. he's very territorial. And I knew came on and just... That's so crazy. So what about one of the scenes that really stood out to me and I think it stood out to everybody was Aubrey's exit on your season of Rock of Love. She did a really big dramatic thing where I guess she thought that you were going home and she was trying to like throw herself on the sword in a very uh, dramatic way. Um, So let's talk about your friendship with Aubrey back then and what was that? I felt like Aubrey almost was kind of girl crushing on you. Um, was that whole thing strange to you? Because it was strange to me from a viewer perspective. So I, that happens a lot with women. I was very loving and sweet. And sometimes they get like girl crushes, but I, I mean, I'm not bisexual. I have been with women, but I'm bisexual. <laughs> and sometimes I felt like with her, she was a little I'm sorry, she, you, sorry, your um, audio broke up. You said sometimes with her it was a little bit what? I felt like she might have been bisexual and she was kind of more attracted to me more than a friend. So it, it was weird at some time, like some points about the show. Yeah, that was the perspective from me as a viewer as well. And not that there would be anything wrong with that, but if one person is going that direction and the other one is not reciprocating, then it gets it gets weird. So, um, but the the whole dramatic exit as well what were your thought I mean what was going through your head when all of that was going down I didn't I didn't know that she was offering herself up like oh I'm just gonna volunteer like because you're so in love with him <laughs> I, I don't know it was it was just a whole the whole thing was weird um everybody's emotions were super high and then she just decided to throw herself on the cross and sacrifice herself for me <laughs> part of me wondered um if she, maybe she knew that she was going home and so she was trying to take the power out of it or what, or did she really think that you were going home and she was trying to take your spot somehow? I don't know. I don't, you know, you don't know what's going on through people's brains or minds or what's going on. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. That was a, that was a crazy moment. So did you talk to Aubrey much after the show got done taping? We hung out a few times, but she, uh, her and I didn't really like click a lot after. She was kind of hot and cold, very emotional, kind of moody. <laughs> so I was just like, oh, this isn't going to work. You're like, yeah, I'm done. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, Aubrey's a lot, like, she's a lot. She, 
He's a big personality, so you have to do it in small doses. <laughs> that's a good way to describe it. Yeah, I would say that's that's totally a good way to describe it. Are there any of the girls from your season that you, or from any of the seasons that you still, that you stay in touch with? Um, I was in touch with one for a very long time. We were good friends for several years, and then we just kind of uh, fell out. Well, it's hard also when everybody, you know, gets married or has kids or has their career and everybody's and not living in the same area of the country. Everybody sort of goes their separate ways. So um, it, it is hard to keep keep up with everybody like that from the, for that reason. And sometimes the, like the common denominator, like what you the interests or the things that you guys have, as I said, in common, they're not always the same. <laughs> So your mindset and your goals, they don't really match up. Yeah, that totally makes sense. That makes sense. So, okay, let's talk about, um, let's talk about charm school. So when you, um, <laughs> when you. Uh, interview him. <laughs> yeah, he so wants to be in on this interview. What is your cat's name? Uh, oh, this is uh, Vincent Van Gogh because he's always on the go, but I call him Vinny. <laughs> <laughs> That's really cute. I love it. So with Charm School, did you know that you, that it was, first of all, did you know that it was Sharon was going to be the, the host and was this something that you wanted to do? Did you get talked into it? How did that all go down? So before, <clears throat> I feel like you're making me tell all the real stuff. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of um, what happens on this podcast. <laughs> The producers asked me if I wanted a dating show because I actually got divorced, moved out. Okay, so you, me so you got you got offered your own show. Yes. Oh, cool. Oh, tell us and about I was that. Like, oh no, no, I'm not doing another dating show. This isn't The Bachelorette. Fuck no. Oh, that would have been so, so awesome. You have another yeah. one that's like you know I love money or something cool or fun that's you know competitive. I'll do that, but I do not want anything to do with dating. <laughs> okay. So um, they offered me charm school and they told me it was Sharon Osborne and I was super stoked. She's amazing. She's woman awesome. At our house. <laughs> yeah, she's really, really great. I love her too. And I was super stoked when I found out it was her as well. In fact, I was going to say no to charm school because I was just just worn out from Rock of Love and they didn't want to tell me who the headmistress was going to be. So I was like, well, I don't know then if you're not going to tell me who it is and I don't know if I want to do it. And they're like, okay, we can totally tell you who it is. Just don't tell anybody. I'm like, you guys fold so easily. Um, <laughs> so when they told me it was um, it was Sharon, I was like, hell yeah. I was super stoked. So, um, so tell me about your, did you have a specific strategy going on to Charm School? Did you like, did you really want to win? Did you think you could win? In all honesty, um, with Charm School, <sighs> I wanted to win because I wanted to pay for school. I wanted to get my education and be the first one in my family to have you know, their degree. So that was really important to me. So that's why I was there competing so much for the end prize. But they told me that I didn't need Charm School. That's really charming. <laughs> I was like, you don't know me. <laughs> That's a really funny reason to be eliminated. It's like, thank you. <laughs> like, can you cry at the end? I was like, I'm sad. What's going on? I didn't win the money. <laughs> yeah. So, well, I mean, if there's a reason to be eliminated, though, that's not that's not too terrible. <laughs> Thing. It was fun though. Like I think charm school, I was more myself because I wasn't competing for. I'm, I'm emotionally handicapped when it comes to relationships. I feel, but when it comes to normal like girlfriend relationships and business relationships, I'm really good at. But my personal life, I suck at. <laughs> charm school was super fun for me. Like I had, I had a blast on it. I actually really loved charm school also, and. You know, I was really impressed with you. You and I, I felt, developed a real friendship. And, you know, as you know, I was always in this, you know, evil Lacey character. And it was funny, though, because even though I wanted to to continue doing evil Lacey and be consistent with that, there were certain girls that I genuinely couldn't help myself but liking. You know, I genuinely liked you. I genuinely liked Brandy C. Uh, well, yeah, obviously Brandy C. Brandy M., Destiny. Um, so I was trying to 
find a way to balance like not being too cruel to you girls, you know, because I don't want to, if I like you, that's a whole different thing. And then I'm like, feel guilty and all that. So I'm like, how can I be my villain character, but not like hurt these girls that I genuinely <laughs> like? Yeah. Yeah. And so what was interesting is with you, I could tell, I could tell that you, especially when the cameras were not around, you were like analyzing me and you were like actively <laughs> trying to figure me out. And it was, and I, and that caught my attention. And, and I was like, oh shit, Christy Joe's not buying this whole villain thing. And I thought that was really cool though. And I, and you were just, you were so sweet to me and so nice to me. And I also remember, um, uh, I don't know if you remember this or not, but my mom passed away and I actually talk about it quite a bit on the podcast now, but she passed away uh, in December, 2004. And I just, she was like my best friend. I just like shut down for years after that. I just, I couldn't face it. It was just way too painful. And um, she committed suicide. And I, and I do talk about that now. I'm finally able to talk about that. But what was interesting is I, for some reason I was on, I was talking to you, I think, about the dog rescue stuff that I had been doing, and my mom came up, and somehow in the conversation, you figured out that that was how she died. And then I feel like you had this, like, compassion towards me. Do you remember that moment, what I'm talking about? I do. You're going to make me cheer up. Because <laughs> I'm a mom, and, like, <clears throat> I went through a depression, so I understand, like, when you get suicidal thoughts, and you have to think about your kids, so... For me, like, it's hard because I can't imagine doing that or leaving my kids behind. So I know that must have been so painful for you. And that's why you do the dog rescues and why you, you do what you do. Don't make me cry. I know. Well. <laughs> Your mom was stunning, by the way. I'm sorry, say that again? Your mom was very stunning. You oh, all like her. Thank you. I appreciate that. I, um, you know, I just, I don't want to make it, about, I don't want to get onto that because I want to keep this about you, but I just want to say that that really meant a lot to me. And I was, I was really impressed. You are definitely the opposite of like a narcissist because I, I watch how you analyze people and I watch how you try to figure them out, but you you do it from, a, you definitely do it from a, a place of compassion. And so um, that just, I just thought that was like really cool. And that's what made me go like, wow, I really like this girl. She's like a really, she's the real deal. She's a good friend. She's a good person, you know? Um, so that's what really made me go like, all right, I need to be, I need to be friends with this girl. Oh, no, I'm not, but I got that from you too. So that's why I never bought into your shit. I was like, oh, she's like, you're just like me. You and Brandy, <laughs> you and Brandy M. <laughs> you, the two of you, I could not, I could not get one over on the two of you. I'm like, damn it. And then so finally at the end, I just started making friends with you girls. Um, I'm trying to figure out, um, I'm trying to remember, were you around when Heather and I had had a, a falling out, surprise, surprise. And, Which um, one? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I know. Mar I'm yeah. a celebrity, bitch. <laughs> I, <laughs> I'm an A-list celebrity. Um, so, that was the most epic night ever. So yeah, way. you were there for that. The whole like, were you, oh, God, the whole like brainy scene. I was scene. still in the fat suit. And, like, yes, I that's right. Thing. Yes, you rocked that, by the way. And you know what you totally reminded me of? Um, did you, I was like obsessed with Friends. And did you ever watch, did you ever watch Friends? Yeah, Monica. Yes, you were so Monica when, when Courtney Cox had to do the fat suit and she just fucking owned it. And then you totally reminded me of that. And it was funny because when we were dressed up like in our, in our ugly outfits, I still. I so comfortable. What's that? That was when I was the most comfortable when nobody could see you. I was like, this is my time to shine. Right, me too. Like, I felt like both you and I were like the only ones that had fun with that. And I was really shocked because a lot of the girls were like having full-blown breakdowns. And I'm like, they're like, I'm ugly. I can't be in the world like an ugly person. Like, that is really, do you remember that? How weird that was? Yeah. I'm like, this is amazing. This is like the best time because you can go out and nobody judges you. That just kind of have to be around you and accept you for who you are. It's great. <laughs> I thought so too. I had so much fun with it, but it really like freaked out a lot of the girls. Like I would say most of the girls, I wasn't expecting that kind of reaction from them. But maybe there's like something like that some insecurities that came out. Yeah. Know. Clearly. <laughs> yeah. It was so wild. But I think that's why everybody got so drunk that night. Yes. Yeah. And that was like so out of control. So that was a wild fucking night. That was our only night out. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah. We were like, 
caged animals that finally were let loose. <laughs> there was music, there was alcohol, there was men. It was like, this is great. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> right? So, um, yeah. So I think after all of that, when when Heather and I like totally had our, our big blowout, that's sort of when I started navigating towards you and towards, um, you know, destiny and becoming like really closer to you girls. It was that period. And then I remember Heather was like, what the fuck is going on? Like, I thought, no, we're all supposed to hate Lacey. (laughs) You're doing it wrong. (laughs) Heather is a big personality. And she, like, both of you, you you both have really big hearts and you're super sensitive. And whenever you bring a bunch of alpha females together, (laughs) there's bound to be an explosion. And that's unfortunately what always happens between the two of you. Yeah. You're both very sweet, but you're both very dominant. <laughs> Plates are going to fly. <laughs> yeah. So would you say that um, you had more fun on Charm School than you did on Rock of Love? That was of, of the two, that would be your pick as Charm School? Yes. Yeah. So did you no, get there was no competition between men. Like, yeah, I, yeah, I suck at relationships. <laughs> <laughs> well, everybody does until they get into the right one. Sometimes it just takes going through a few shitty ones to get there. Um, did you did you get asked to do I Love Money? No. I think I was pregnant with the twins. Oh, okay. That would be a whole other kind of show. <laughs> I, uh, Big Brother offered me a um, show after I had the twins. That was like 24 hours until hell no. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, wow. And then um, there's a like a money grab show or something on ABC. Wipe out, wipe out. Oh, I remember wipe out. Destiny, I think. Yeah. Oh mm-hmm. wow. So would no, you go? So, would you go back to TV if you had the chance? So I did a pilot recently, and it kind of brought back all of those feelings of anxiety, not having your privacy, not being able to go in public. People kind of look at you funny. So I don't know if I'd want that again. Because I enjoyed doing the actual, you know, filming and doing the shows, but the response and getting all the attention, that's not why I did it. Yeah, so it's an adjustment. It's like, hard for me. Yeah, that alone is a is a major adjustment for sure. Like you go out and everybody knows who you are and saying your name and, you know, it's, it's pretty wild. What was your experience like after the shows aired? Um, I hid in my house for like two months because I couldn't go to Starbucks without people wanting to just take a picture. I'm like, what? I'm not even, I'm like an F-list celebrity. I know. <laughs> I'm like. I'm an A-list bitch. <laughs> no, uh, I, I don't know. I didn't know how, I wasn't expecting the the following that we got from that show. It was, you know, it's kind of bizarre. It's kind of like a cult following. It was really. I, I didn't know what to do with it. Yeah, it was really, it was really strange. It was definitely very much an adjustment. It was really strange. Because, yeah, I, as you said, like, I don't. You know, I, I'm like, I'm a T-list celebrity at best on my good days, you know. Usually I'm more like the U's and the V's. <laughs> I'm a V-list celebrity. <laughs> yeah, so um, it's uh, like, right, we don't think of ourselves as like celebrities, you know. And so it is really weird when you're out and about and people like, you know, shout your name. And um, it's 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 a strange, you know. Um, yeah. But um, I mean, it's cool and it's fun. I mean, we got to do a lot of appearances and we got some really great experiences out of it. But I just didn't expect it to blow up the way it did. And um, the response was great. The fans were amazing. But it's just like when you're already shy and you have anxiety around people, you just kind of want to like go into a shell and hide. <laughs> I remember witnessing somebody did something really fucked up to you. I remember. So my, for me personally, it's funny because doing this like villain character, I feel helped me in ways that I wouldn't have even guessed it was going to. And one of the ways that that helped me is like, no one really fucks with me, <laughs> which is kind of nice. But um, I remember you and I were at, we were in Las Vegas together and we were just like partying and we were having a great, great time. And we were in one of the casinos at a bar and we were just drinking and catching up and stuff like that. And some guy came up to you and was like totally hitting on you. And you turned him down really politely, like you were not being shitty about it at all, but you just like very gently 
turned him down. And he was like just a, being a fucking drunk asshole. And then so you turned around, we were just sitting on a stool and you're, you had these like low rider jeans and you're sitting on a stool and somehow he got like a whole bunch of ice in like a giant no. cup and he poured ice down was, your jeans. Do you remember? You know the ice buckets, the huge ice buckets with all the drinks in them? So he took all the vodka out and he threw the ice bucket on me and Catherine all yes. at once. That was and we so were soaked from head to toe because we wouldn't take a drink from him and we wouldn't go hang out. I'm like, that was crazy. I remember I was sitting next to you when that happened. That was fucking wild. And I think like, didn't a security come and like grab him and toss him out or something happened? Yeah. They took his picture. <laughs> that was crazy. So he never come back. Yeah, that was crazy. That so it was like, so much fun. What it was that? me, it was uh, myself, you, Destiny, Catherine, and Jessica. Wasn't it all five of us that we went out that night? Yes, that was really fun. That was like one of my favorite nights ever. I think we went, we ended up at a strip club and we were just like annihilated. We were, and then I remember somebody was talking about how Mike Tyson was supposed to be showing up. I was like, I feel like I'm in, in like a movie right now of like, what's the movie? The, um, Hangover. <laughs> hang, I feel like I'm in the hangover right now. I'm like literally like everybody's fucked up. We're at a strip club. Mike Tyson's on his way and some asshole is pouring ice down Christy Joe's jeans. I'm like, what's happening right now? No, that was it was crazy. a whole bucket. No, but I remember having to get on the flight the next day and my head was just pounding. I was still drunk. And I'm like, where's my sunglasses? <laughs> <laughs> luckily, Catherine had like a whole array of sunglasses. I can never wear those. <laughs> And I remember walking through the, the airport thinking everybody knows. <laughs> <laughs> that was an insane trip. And that was that was so much fun, though. That was, like, by far my favorite, like, hosting night, like, going out night with the Rock of Love Girls. That was, like, by far my favorite. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, good deal. Well, um, I just looked at the clock, and I realized that our time is up, and I feel like we still have so much more to talk about. But you're in Arizona, and I'm in Las Vegas, so I think that you should try to come to me. Yes, <laughs> I know that and Las Vegas, right? <laughs> yeah, I feel like we could like do this for hours. But um, is there any anything else before I let you go that you want to tell everybody, or or how can they find you on social media, or? Um, what would you I'm like to say? I'm not really too much on social media, and that's on purpose. I, I'm very private, but I'm super thankful for everybody who, you know, watched the show and who was supportive of us. And we're real people. And love all you guys. Yay, <laughs> you're so sweet. Yeah, it took me. It took you like a month to approve me. <laughs> I sent you a request. Well, I just, <laughs> I'm just giving you shit. I was like, Chrissy Joe won't approve me more. <laughs> no, I like I have my personal page and then I kind of have my Chrissy Joe page. I know, I'm just teasing you. It's what the I two do. personalities. Yeah. Crazy. Joe. <laughs> I love it. Well, you look fantastic and I'm so glad that you're doing great with your family and you're just kicking ass at life as you always do. And it's nice to catch up with you. Ditto. Well, we'll get together soon. Yes. Maybe I'll come back to Las Vegas. We'll do this again. Yes, we should. <laughs> Some more stories. <laughs> I would love that. I would love that. Well, take care, girl, and I will talk to you very soon. I'll reach out to you in the next week or so. Okay, sounds good. Have All a good right. night. You too, girl. Bye. Bye. That was so awesome. I love Christy Joe. I'm definitely going to have to have her come back for sure. She is just amazing. I love her. So thank you guys so much for watching the podcast. And if you enjoyed what you see, please hit the subscribe button on YouTube and make sure to give it a thumbs up. And also, if you are supportive of what I'm doing with this podcast, then please consider being a contributor. And if you become a contributor, then you get to have all kinds of cool and fun rewards. All you have to do is go to www.talkoflove.net slash contribute. And you can sign up to receive the Rock of Love reaction videos from me. And I'm actually, I'm halfway through Rock of Love already. So next I'm gonna go do Charm School. I'm gonna do some of the Flavor of Love shows, all kinds of reaction videos for all the Of Love shows. It's a lot of fun. You'll get those once a week if you sign up for that. You can also sign up to do Skype chats with me every month, which is really, really fun. I've gotten to know a lot of you quite well and, and you guys are just awesome. I, I love you. I could not ask for a cooler group of people to support and contribute to this podcast. Um, you can get personalized video shout outs and all kinds of other good stuff. And speaking of contributors, I actually have a really cool monthly contributor who is a corporate sponsor and they are, let me grab my computer here. 
They are a newer podcast called Starry Network. So if you go to YouTube and you want to look them up, it's Starry, S-T-A-R-R-Y Network, all one word. I will put their information and links in the description below on YouTube. But I really am digging what they're doing because basically they cover all kinds of topics ranging from current events to philosophy to life lessons, social issues, art conversations. They're all about promoting uh, artists and They are all about music and poetry, and I just really dig what they're doing and what they're promoting. They upload um, original poems, art galleries, literature, songs. Uh, Soon they want to get into uploading short films, and they are uh, very—they're all about inclusivity, which you guys know is really important to me as well. So go check out Starry Network, and as I said, I will put all their information in the description below in YouTube. So thank you guys so much. You guys are awesome. Don't forget to subscribe, hit the thumbs up, and we will see you next Monday. And don't threaten me with a good time. Bye, guys. The Talk of Love podcast is sponsored by Liquid Death. Murder your thirst. Liquid Death is 100% mountain water from the Alps. There is no plastic. It's mountain water out of an aluminum can. So you'll be doing right by the environment and you'll be doing right by your body. If you want your 10% off, be sure to go to liquiddeath.com. Type in the promo code TALKOFLOVE. No spaces. Next time you're thirsty, murder your thirst. Pick up a can of Liquid Death today.